0: We know that meditation can boost focus. It can improve resiliency to stress. It can reduce bias. It can improve the effectiveness of the compassion
1: that you show others. And most importantly, you show yourself. You're listening to the 100th episode of the Mental Health Download from the nonprofit Mental Health Association Oklahoma. I'm Matt Gleason. Wow, 100 episodes. Thank you to everyone who has made this podcast possible and thank you to everyone who has listened and shared and told me that they appreciated some of the lessons that we've been able to impart to them in the past two years. So I could not think of a better way to mark this historic episode than to invite my dear friend Jacob Beaumont on to talk about one of my favorite topics in all the land which is meditation. I always tell people that two things have really helped transform my life in the wake of some personal tragedies is medication. Thank you, the makers of Prozac and meditation. It has allowed me to quiet my mind, quiet my negative self-talk, and make me more compassionate. And so... I'm so excited that Jacob has created a series of meditation sessions that are available right now for free on Mental Health Association Oklahoma's website. You can visit that at mhaok.org forward slash meditation. And if you hang out after this episode, I've actually included the audio from the first session. So check that out and be sure to visit that website because you can sign up for email alerts for when Jacob posts new meditation sessions. And for for those who don't know, Jacob Beaumont who has been a guest on the Mental Health Download several times. Jacob is the director of criminal justice reform for Mental Health Association Oklahoma and he's just one of my favorite people. I just I just love Jacob Beaumont. So with all that being said, the 100th episode of the Mental Health Download starts now. So let's just start with you talking about the origins of how you began your journey with meditation.
0: Yeah. So I I grew up just thinking I was always a, a really nervous and sad person. I was a nervous and sad kid. I was a nervous and sad teenager. And I would just grow up to be a nervous and sad adult. Yeah. You i know, I kind of accepted the anxiety I felt as not a treatable mental health condition, but instead just a reality. It was a personality trait. And I didn't, as an adult, cope with this very well. You know, right out of college, I got involved in electoral politics, which is a, a very non-stop field to work in, which allowed me to uh, self-medicate with extreme work hours. And then outside of those extreme work hours, self-medicate with substances. And I wasn't really stopping to think about what i needed, you know, what what that hole was that i was trying to fill. So it wasn't until i started getting into therapy and, you know, really engaging with my therapist that he came to suggest i maybe embrace this as a practice, you know, specifically mindfulness meditation, generating a bit of awareness about some of the experiences i was having, some of the emotions i was feeling, some of the thoughts i was having difficulties with. And Yeah, that's you know, I was initially skeptical. I I think when you tell most people, hey, have you tried meditation? Your, Your instinct is to say, yeah, sure, whatever. But he actually sat me down and we went through just a real brief session of it. And it wasn't like a perfect five to 10 minutes. But for five to 10 minutes, I was just sitting there with myself and with my thoughts. And this really caused me to go down that road of of researching different types of meditations and and picking up a personal practice. So it wasn't just, you know, sitting in my therapist's office with them kind of walking me through it. You know, what could I do independently? Could I do it two times a week, three times a week? Could I do it every day? And yeah, here we are 10 years later. It's been an absolutely magnificent uh, and absolutely imperfect practice that I've embraced. But it's been a wonderful tool in my toolkit. Meditation seems like one of those tools we don't often go out of our way to acquire. And what kind of led this project here at the Mental Health Association, shortly after everything went on lockdown, I think I speak for most Oklahomans when I say, yeah, I spent the first couple of weeks just feeling really lousy and really useless. You know, I I interface with a lot of the criminal justice system and they all had gone on lockdown and were looking to completely change how they operated. And nobody wanted to talk with me about any of our ongoing projects because rightfully so we had a pandemic going on. And so one of the things I was constantly asking myself, in addition to, you know, doing all the administrative work and the planning work that you know my department needed to do anyway, was how can I help my team? How can I help the Mental Health Association, all these people that I really care about? And the thought popped into my head. Why not see if they're interested in you know, receiving information and training on mindfulness meditation from
1: one of their own? Okay, Jacob, now I want to really dive into these first four meditation sessions that are available at mhaok.org forward slash meditation. And you have a message there, and I want to read that message because it really sets up these nicely. It says, I grew up thinking that I was just an anxious person. This was the reality I had resigned myself to until I began my own mental health journey a little over a decade ago when I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. Therapy and medication have both played big roles on my path to taking control of my own mental health. But another key tool in my mental health toolbox has been mindfulness meditation. Meditation is not a cure-all by any means, but it has fundamentally changed my relationship to the difficult thoughts and emotions that used to rule over my daily life. I hope it can do the same for you. Be well, friend, Jacob. I love that you always sign off with that, be well, friend. Um, you're my friend, Jacob. And so, let's, let's talk about each of these sessions in order. Tell me about the first session, which you can actually hear at the end of this episode. And it is called, What is... Mindfulness. Tell us about that episode Jacob.
0: And so in this episode we will uh, go over some of the basics full full well realizing that you could do what I've done and spend a decade studying it and still find yourself studying. You know what are some of the high points here to get you seated and, and practicing right now in the moment.
1: All right so let's talk about session two and that is called The Breath. Tell us about it Jacob.
0: Yeah, it's the breath and, and cultivating awareness. And, and this is where we, because one, one of the things that always stood out for me, and, and, and this was especially when I was learning about my generalized anxiety disorder, when I was learning about my, my mental health diagnoses, I always want to know, well, okay, why is it this way? And what's the reasoning behind it? And what's the science behind it? Well, why do we do this? And so what I want to do in, in this session is explain why it is we use the breath as a focus, why this is different from a breathing exercise, which, you know, bleeds a little bit into session three, setting the table, where we also talk about why we kind of uh, ritualize the the starting of the, the, the practice itself and why it is. And, and you'll notice this pattern after the first three when we discuss it is, you know, we're bringing... Uh, awareness to the sounds around us in our environment we're then beginning to bring that awareness into the body and then we're bringing that awareness to the breath and we're going to do that every session because you know here's reasons x y and z why we do this why we're creating a space to uh, have as successful of a meditation session as possible knowing that every session is a successful one but you know episodes two and three are kind of explaining why it is we do what we do at the top of these sessions
1: And now we'll wrap things up with Session four, and that is called Noting.
0: Yeah, not every introductory meditation course brings in noting initially, but I think it can be really helpful for individuals. And, and when we say noting and we get more into it in the, in the session itself, it is identifying what it is you're currently doing. And so as we're you know, sitting down, breathing, and intentionally you know, paying attention to the breath, we might be, if it helps us, we note in and out as we breathe or rising and falling. Just real simple labels to note what it is we're experiencing. It might help focus the attention on the breath. For some folks, they don't need a label. You know, they're they're able to rest their awareness on this without having to note in and out or rising and falling. And then the other half of that is noting what it is that has called your awareness away from the breath and starting to lay the foundation for identifying, oh, I'm getting lost in thought and putting the label thinking on that, or hey, this emotion or this sensation came up during the meditation session. And that's what I was wrapped up in instead of focusing on the breath. And so I'm going to note feeling. It is very simply uh, naming the current experience you're having because it's that moment when you realize that you've, become distracted, you know, that is that magic moment where you're actually being very mindful. It's not, oh, I became distracted. I failed. It's no, you realized you became distracted. You won. And so noting helps us stay involved in that activity a bit more by giving our thinking brain something to do during the session.
1: Beautiful. And then what? give us a preview of, because I know you've outlined it and I've seen the outline and it's very detailed. But give us a preview of episodes to come.
0: Yeah, so I really just wanted to create like a ten-session intro course, and, and hopefully we'll we'll have space to do more. But like, what are you know some of the the ten key touchstones that we'd want to land on while we're beginning to develop this practice? Uh, there will be a session on compassion. There will be a session on you know stopping thoughts or not stopping thoughts, how we change our relationships to thoughts and feelings, as well as getting into some stuff around you know self-compassion, trying to answer the question, what do I need? What do we do to develop you know, equanimity? And how do we bring everything we've discussed in the last nine sessions together in this 10th session? So if you don't do anything beyond these 10 sessions and moving forward, all you do is you just set a timer for yourself and breathe. You know, uh, how do you take all these core components out into the world with you to develop a practice of your own, whether or not you stick with us?
1: So, Jacob, we've talked a lot about how the stigma of mental illness keeps people from seeking the treatment that they desperately need. So, I want you to talk about how the stigma of meditation can keep people from embracing this practice in their own lives.
0: Oh, goodness. So, you know, the stigma of meditation, I let, I'll i just tell you where, you know, we'll we'll go back to you know, where I was at when it was first suggested, I look at meditation and what did, you know, burnt out Jacob in his mid twenties think. And it was like, yeah, I'm going to go be some guy with a long flowing beard. And I'm going to sit cross-legged and close my eyes. and Or I'm going to stare at a rock and contemplate this. and I'm going to get enlightened. And yeah, man, sure. What I need right now is a solution for all these panic attacks I'm having. I don't need to meditate. That's not going to get me anywhere. And I think a lot of people can really easily dismiss it out of hand like I did as just being this thing that is really you know squishy it's really nebulous it sounds a little woo woo but yeah and that's you know stigma and judgment that I had to overcome my myself and at times even during my journey over the last decade that I I've, I've been meditating and practicing I've often had to you know sit with myself and think hey is this really working for me you know those doubts start to creep back in that judgment starts to creep back in. And, you know, it's part of part of it is realizing that, you know, meditation isn't the assumptions you've built around it. It is something that, you know, can actually be a practice you build around yourself. And it can look like, you know, something that serves you and not other people. And it's not having a long flowing beard and very elegant robes and sitting cross-legged and staring at a rock and getting enlightened that way. It can be a very practical, you know, it can be a very practical thing you have
1: in your life. All right. So, Jacob, I'm sure that one of the questions you get a lot once someone knows that you practice mindful meditation is, you know, some of the resources that are available. And there are so many. So let's try to keep them to, let's say, five recommendations a piece. So, Jacob, go ahead.
0: Well, so first and foremost, you know, let's let's talk about the apps. There are any number of meditation apps that exist out in the world. The best one is the one that works for you. And so whether you're going to use something like Insight Timer or Headspace or the Calm app or 10% Happier uh, or any of the other you know, paid apps that are out there, you know they all come with trial runs. And so you can get a sense of during their you know, intro session. What style is going to work best for you? You know, and so what I really encourage you to do is if you decide that what you want to do is go the route uh, of an app, which is a very valid one. I, I love meditation apps. Do some exploration um, because it's going to be whatever makes it easiest for you to sit down and do every day. In terms of books, I am a big fan of Radical Acceptance by uh, Tara Brock. It's, it's really good right now because it, it gets us, we're, we're in a time of there's a lot of stress and there's a lot of grieving. We're, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. And so it can be really hard to accept a lot of what is going on and still continue our day-to-day life. And Tara actually jumps into uh, a lot of that in, in Radical Acceptance, which I actually like a great deal. It also has some written meditations in there that, you know, after you read, you can then go and practice yourself. They're often tied to what was referenced earlier. In the book. And my list is almost exclusively books now. I'm a a big fan of Meditation for Beginners by Jack Kornfield. I think he brings a really uh, gentle, really easy to understand approach to meditation. You know, he is somebody that owns up to the fact that at times things can sound a little woo woo or lovey dovey, but he writes with that in mind. I am a big fan of uh, 10% Happier by Dan Harris. It is, you know, his own kind of personal journey with meditation. He's a, a news anchor, a former war correspondent. And you know I, I really relate with his story coming back from uh, Afghanistan and missing that rush of being in a war zone and needing to self-medicate to try and find that rush and, and his personal spiritual journey, which is a really good one for individuals who might be a little skeptical about meditation. Read, you know Reading a firsthand account of someone who came to it with that same skepticism, who came with that same background of you know, behavioral health issues, substances issues, and and how he found his way to meditation. Those those would be three recommendations that I'd make pretty readily to anybody.
1: Nice. Anything else that you would recommend?
0: Don't wait to find the perfect app or the perfect book or the perfect way to meditate. Whether it's with this series we're about to release, whether it's with another app you find on your you know on the app store, whether you're just going to set a ten minute timer for yourself and, and white knuckle it, um, just start doing it. That's, that's my biggest recommendation. And that's because that's how you're going to start developing that practice. That's how you're going to start down the road seeing some of those benefits.
1: Okay, now it's my turn. So excited. All right, so I have my Google Books list open right now. And so the first book that I would recommend, and this is the one that I really, if this is the only thing that you check out, this is it. So it's called The Mind Illuminated. It's uh, The subtitle is... A complete meditation guide integrating Buddhist wisdom and brain science for greater mindfulness. And so, as the book describes, and this is really a groundbreaking manual that provides illustrations and charts to help you work through each stage of the process, offering tools that work across all types of meditation practices. And so, you know, whether you're a beginner wanting to establish your practice or you know, someone like Jacob who's been practicing for many years, you know, I think you can get a lot out of this. This book. So again, that is called The Mind Illuminated and it's by John Yates. My next recommendation would be, let's go outside the box. Let's say Hardcore Zen. <laughs> and this is by Brad Warner. And the subtitle is Punk Rock, Monster Movies and the Truth About Reality. So, I love this book. I love Brad Warner very much. I've read several of his books. I'm in the midst of one right now. That is just really captivating. But Hardcore Zen, the description says, this is not your typical Zen book. No, it's not. Brad Warner, a young punk who grew up to be a Zen master, spares no one. This bold new approach to the Why of Zen Buddhism is as strongly grounded in the tradition of Zen as it is utterly revolutionary. Warner's voice is hilarious, and he calls on the wisdom of everyone from punk and pop culture icons to the Buddha himself to make sure his points come through loud and clear. As it prods readers to question everything, Hardcore Zen is about an approach and a departure, leaving behind the soft and lyrical for the gritty and stark perspective of a new generation. How's that sound? It's, it really is. It's a really good book and gives some really helpful tips about meditation. And Brad's just, he's just fun. Okay. And now on the other end of the spectrum, <laughs> because Brad is zany and irreverent. So, let's go to the other side to the poetic and wise beyond belief. And so, I'm going to select Thich Nhat Hanh's book, Happiness. And Thich Nhat Hanh is a Zen master. And his key teaching is that through mindfulness, we can learn to live in the present moment and develop a sense of peace. And so this book includes sections on daily practice, relationships, physical practices, mindful eating, practicing with children. You know, this is really a comprehensive guide to living our daily lives with full awareness. You know, whether we're working, eating, parenting, driving, walking, baking bread, as Jacob does, or just simply sitting and meditating. So, highly, highly recommend Happiness by Thich Nhat Hanh. And, you know, Jacob, I'm curious, what, what are your thoughts about Thich Nhat Hanh?
0: Well, so I think what I like uh, about him is, uh, and it's really simple, it's just how accessible he is. And I, re- I like anybody that can make meditation accessible that approaches it from a wide variety of angles That that is uh, opposed to when they come up against stigma, pushing back against it says, okay, well, here's here's a side road, here's a back door. I'm gonna I'm gonna get you into this one way or another, and it's not gonna be with resistance. You know, if you're judging it to be this one way, let's let you let's let's get you in another way. I, I really, you know, one of one of his quotes uh, about hope, and I'm I'm gonna absolutely butcher it, uh, but it's it's one of the things that I've I've carried with me, especially into these challenging times, is is that you know hope is is what we use to make the present moment less difficult to bear and that if we collectively believe that tomorrow will be better then it makes whatever hardship we're experiencing today easier to bear again absolutely butchered it but it's one of those things that really stood out in in my mind in terms of a a quote of his that that i really like that that when i find myself maybe going down like a dark mental path i stop and i can say to myself hey if i have a you know if i believe that tomorrow will be better then today will get easier. And it often does.
1: Okay. So as we wrap up here, our tradition is that we ask our guests to share a bit of wisdom and then close us out with our rallying cry, which is be apart and go do good things. So Jacob, take it away
0: yeah gosh we so often hear that we need to engage in self-care so much so that we've seen an entire industry built around the idea of treating yourself but these calls to action so rarely come with instructions other than buy some stuff this is a call to action for you to take care of yourself for you to engage in self-care and for you to do it all so you can be a part of everything that is going on and so you can get out there and go do good things every day
1: And now I'm going to transition you right into the first meditation session that Jacob offers at MHAOK.org forward slash meditation. Namaste.
0: Hey there, my name is Jacob Beaumont and I want to talk to you about mindfulness meditation now, before you hit pause, before you hit unsubscribe, before you tear your headphones out, stick with me for just like 60 seconds. And if you decide this isn't for you afterwards, that's totally cool. We are constantly bombarded with messages about what it means to do self-care. This is it. We'll get into the science in later sessions. This is just the elevator pitch. But the top line is that we know that meditation can boost focus. It can improve resiliency to stress. It can reduce bias. It can improve the effectiveness of the compassion that you show others. And most importantly, you show yourself. And when better to work on these mental and emotional muscles than during these uncertain times. Mindfulness meditation is not a cure-all because, you know, at the end of the day, I still get anxious. I still get angry. I still get annoyed. I still get sad. I still get depressed. I still take my boost bar twice a day. But meditation can be an incredible tool to have in your toolbox and it can produce some very real results for you. So are you still with me? Good. Let's get out of elevator pitch mode and answer some key questions. What is mindfulness meditation? Well, let me just first start off by saying what it isn't. While meditation definitely has roots in Eastern philosophy, nothing I'm going to be guiding you through will have any religious bent to it. I view it as a mental equivalent uh, of a trip to the gym. And just as I work out in the gym to be stronger outside of the gym, I do mindfulness meditation so I can be more mindful in my day-to-day life. Now onto what it is, and to do that it might actually be easiest to take the phrase mindfulness meditation and separate it into its two components and explain those each individually. So mindfulness is something you've been told to do a ton in your life, whether you know it or not. Whether it was a friend telling you to be more in the moment, whether it was your therapist telling you to be more present, maybe it was a wall hanging you saw at the bed, bath and beyond that said, be here now. They're all trying to get you to do the same thing. Be mindful. And being mindful, simply and complicatedly, is being present with the experience you're currently having. And it is a lot harder than it sounds. If you're me, the minute you try and concentrate on something, your brain's immediately running off to think about emails you have to send and what's lingering on your to-do list. And it's ruminating on that thing you said to your friend Kara in second grade that you wish you hadn't. Maybe that's just me. We find ourselves perpetually reacting to future mental forecasting or ruminating in the past. It develops a constant state of reaction. The good news is we're here to practice mindfulness and you can do anything mindfully. If you're being mindful about a walk, you're feeling your footfalls. You're feeling the swing of your arms. You're aware of the sights, smells and sounds associated with it. You can mindfully brush your teeth, play with a pet. You can mindfully talk with a loved one. You should probably be mindfully talking with your loved ones. But the real power in mindfulness is developing the ability to mindfully experience emotions. This practice doesn't cure anxiety, again, for example, but instead it helps cultivate our capacity to identify when you're feeling anxious, and it gives you a bit of space to be with that emotion instead of becoming that emotion. In this sense, we aren't as susceptible to getting jerked around by our feelings when they arise. For the purposes of this meditation practice, we're going to be mindful about our breath, It is universal, and it is generally something we can all bring a bit of awareness to. By practicing being aware of the breath, we also have a chance to practice identifying when we're being distracted. We get to practice starting over. We get to practice a number of different skills associated with mindfulness. All of this mumbo-jumbo aside, the one key takeaway is that mindfulness is about being close to the experience you are currently having. Defining meditation. Meditation is another word that is both easy and impossible to define because it can mean so many things to so many people. The long and the short of it in my book is that meditation is the creation of space and time to intentionally practice something. So when we pair mindfulness with meditation, we see that mindfulness meditation is simply practicing awareness. Now, this is all something, it's a classic example of. being a thing that's easy to learn and almost impossible to master. And that's the beauty of it too. Every session, you and I are gonna take 10 to 15 minutes to practice awareness. All you're gonna need is a seat, your breath, and a little bit of time. So let's get ready. Let's begin by getting comfortable in our seat, eyes open with an upright posture, a posture that's aware without being rigid or tense. Your feet can be on the ground or you can have your legs folded beneath you Whatever is most comfortable for you to maintain. As well, let your hands rest gently on your knees or
2: folded in your lap, whatever feels most natural to you. There's no wrong way to sit so long as you're comfortable and aware. As you settle into your seat, let's start by taking some deep breaths in through the nose
0: and out through the mouth. Feel the sensations of your lungs filling with air. Feel the sensation of the falling of your chest
2: and shoulders as you breathe out. With each exhale, try
3: to feel your body relax more. And with the next exhalation, you can gently close your eyes and let your breath return to normal, in and out gently through the nose. And as you settle in,
2: intentionally set aside whatever it is you were just doing, intentionally
0: set aside whatever is ahead of you after this. That's all gonna be there when you open your eyes. It's just us and your breath right now. Let's go ahead and settle into our surroundings. Make some gentle notes of the sounds you hear around you, be they coming from outside or from the space you're currently in. It can be traffic, birds, the wind, family members making noise one room over, the whirring of a fan.
3: Use all of these sounds to create an awareness of the environment that you're in. It might be natural for us to think of these sounds as distractions or to try
0: and resist them by bringing them into our meditation, by making them a part
2: of it. We don't make them distractions. They're simply a part of
3: the meditation itself. And as we finish noting
2: our environment, let's start to bring some awareness to our bodies.
0: Feel yourself sitting. Feel the weight of your body pressing into the surface beneath you. Feel your hands resting on your legs or in your lap.
2: Feel your feet on the floor. Make gentle notes
3: of how it feels to simply sit. Now let's go one level deeper and starting at the top of your head. Gently scan down
0: through your body and check in. How do you feel today? Do you feel light? Do you feel heavy? Maybe there are parts of you that are holding tension. If so, make a note of the tension and continue on with your scan.
2: If there are particular parts of you that are at ease, note that as well and continue to
3: scan down towards your feet. By now, we've
2: brought some awareness to our surroundings. We've brought some awareness to our bodies.
0: And now let's bring that same awareness to our breath, in and out, through the nose. There's no special way to breathe. There's nothing
3: to force. There's nothing to do differently. Just breathe as you normally would. Where do you feel the breath the most?
2: For some, it's a tingling sensation in the nostrils. For others, they
0: feel their breath the most in the expanding and contracting of the chest. And others yet may feel it in the rise and fall of the belly. Take another moment, breathing naturally,
3: again, forcing nothing, and see where you notice your breath the most. Wherever you feel it the most, that's going to be the focus of this meditation.
0: If it's a sensation in your nose, that's where we're going to rest it. The same goes if you feel it in your chest or in your belly, whatever calls most to our awareness in this time. If for some reason you're having a hard time feeling your breath, you can gently take one hand and place it on your stomach and focus on the rising and falling of that hand. Again, it's important to keep in mind that there's no wrong way to feel the breath. We should try and do this with as little judgment of ourselves as possible. And now that we've figured out what the focus of our practice is going to be, the practice truly begins. Simply try and gently rest the entirety of your
3: awareness on the sensation of breathing and just breathing. If your attention has already wandered
2: off, that's great. Welcome to meditation. This is an opportunity to
0: actively practice some mindfulness. Recognize that you've been distracted.
3: Gently pick up your attention, bring it back to the breath, and rest it there. Some of us will get lost in thoughts dozens of times over the course of this meditation, and that's
0: perfectly natural. The human mind wants to wander. There's no failure, simply success when you come to the realization that you've become distracted.
2: So no matter how many times you become distracted,
3: bring that attention back to the breath and begin again. If you find you're not
2: even getting halfway through a breath before your mind wanders off, before you need to recenter your
0: attention, that's perfectly normal. What's most important is that when you bring that attention back to the breath that you do it without judging yourself, it's very easy to see ourselves as failing when we don't concentrate or bring full awareness to something dozens and dozens of times. It's hard for us to quote unquote fail so many times over the course of just a minute of practice. The important thing is to realize that this is not failure. In fact, distraction and recognizing you are distracted is one of the biggest cornerstones of a mindfulness meditation practice. Bring your attention back to the
3: breath and focus on the sensation from the start of the breath to the end of the breath. By focusing on the breathing,
2: by moving the attention time and time again, all we are doing
0: is trying to remain as close as we can to the experience that we're currently having. What is the experience that you are currently having? The sensation of breathing, cold air in your nose, warm air out, the expansion of the chest, the rising and falling of the stomach,
2: rest your full awareness
3: on that experience. Now, with the next out breath, I want you to let your mind go.
0: Let it coast. Let the brain do whatever it is it wants to do. Don't worry about keeping it focused on your breath. If it wants to stay there, great. If it wants to run off and get lost in fantasy, if it wants to start thinking about a grocery list, let
2: it. Take the next few breaths and let the mind do whatever it is
3: it wants to do.
0: And now gently bring your attention back into your body. Bring your attention back into the environment around you. Hear the sounds you brought with you into the meditation. Know that you are sitting in the space you started this meditation in. Bring that attention back into your body. If you want, bring a slight smile to your face. Wiggle your fingers. Wiggle your toes. And when you're ready and you feel that you're back in your body, you can open your eyes. And congratulations. Whether this is the first time you've ever meditated or the millionth, congrats on taking some time for yourself and for getting into the mental gym with me. I so appreciate you letting me come on this journey. and I look forward to continuing it with you. And note that it absolutely is a journey. If you find even 10 seconds over the next week between this episode and the next to bring a bit of mindfulness to what you're doing, you're light years ahead of the average practitioner. And you're certainly light years
3: ahead of me. So good luck in all you do. And I look forward to seeing you next week. Be well, friend.